0: Madeline Perot is back on the road and heading down under with three shows in New Zealand this coming March, where she's celebrating the reissue of her 2004 album, Careless Love. We found Madeline on a rare day off at home in Brooklyn, and so chatted at length about making Careless Love, the fine art of singing, and how she got her start busking around Europe.
1: Dance me to the children who are asking to be born. Dance me through the curtains that our kisses have outworn. Raise a tent of shelter now, though every thread is torn. Dance me to the end, no love. I lived in France, and then um, when I was about 16, I joined a street band, and we drove around Europe. Uh... In, in the car, and um, played played a bunch of places, and we stayed mostly in colder countries. Right. The colder countries have had, you know, more more uh, change to to give to throw at us. Oh,
0: right. Well, that's interesting. Must have been quite a, for a teenager. That's quite an eye-opening experience, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it it was insular. I still think of my life as a musician as being insular. Maybe, you know, it, I. it's because I'm very self-taught and I'm constantly just trying to figure out what's going on with right. the music so that I don't realize uh, the world is going to continue to change. Right. You know you're always looking for the the most classic well some of us are looking for the for the thing that's classic in music not classical but mm. but just that 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 you know s- could live in a timeless place in a, right. in a meaningful way and yet still be stylistically you know dynamic and so s- I'm still doing uh, right. Well, I guess when I come to New Zealand, I'll be doing, you know, stuff that I recorded twenty, almost twenty years ago. Yes. You know.
0: How do you feel about that?
1: I'm, I'm very happy. Well, I'm happy about all of that. I'm happy about coming to be, you know, down under and and and, and the others back in I mean, it's amazing that I get to come back down there. It's such a far, it's a big distance and all the traveling that we're doing now is, it's all the more uh, amazing every day that we can go places. Um, And this music has been, you know, I've been now performing the re-release of the record on the road since we all opened back up again in this year. So it's been almost a year.
0: (laughs) Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, because yeah, Careless Love was originally released what like 2004. There's an expanded version. How much did you have to do with the expanded version and choosing the live show that comes along with it and all that stuff?
1: Not very much. All right. We didn't have a lot of uh, options. Um, I I did pick the show, uh, but it was th- that show was from 2000. And- Five or six or something.
0: Yep, in Spain, right?
1: Yes, Um, and you know it was a very happy memory for me. Um, I would have preferred to to put out something more recent, right? To show the contrast, but I suppose that not everybody likes that kind of thing. I do.
0: Well, I I would want that. You know, (laughs) otherwise you're just getting the same thing over again. So you know, contrast is good. So what kind of contrast do you think in 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 your own mind and the way you? Performing these songs, what will people hear as the contrast?
1: When I when I play live, you mean? Yep. yep. Oh, I think you're going to hear um, more wisdom and um, better showmanship and um, m- more spontaneity. But um, you know, I'm much more comfortable with an audience. That's. Right. Going to be obvious to me right away, not to everybody else. Sure. Um, but but musically, um, I I call it wisdom and and um, depth and richness of tone and backstory um, and um, it's very grounded. It's very grounding, I think. This this music that's kind of what I was going on about with the idea of being classic or. More timeless is trying to find that space, and um, and that record, that Careless Love record, I think is an opportunity for for me to to really dig in.
0: No, so speaking of classics, so on that album are quite a few classic songs. One of them that uh, is a particular favorite of mine is your choice of the Dylan cover, which is you're going to make me lonesome when you go in particular because it has one of my favorite little couplets in all of music he rhymes Honolulu with Astabula, and <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in western Pennsylvania so I know where Astabula is and I can't believe that they managed to squeeze that in there <laughs> I look for you in
1: old Honolulu San Francisco and Ashtabula gonna have- I you're gonna make me when you go why and why is my question why did he choose he didn't have to put those those places there yep. he could have put any place on the planet and indeed everywhere i go and i sing that yeah i think here where i am is where what should be in that spot
0: gotcha yep yep so why did you choose uh, that song though
1: I have no idea. Okay. (laughs) Um, The meaning and the depth of it has just grown on me ever since. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think at the time, I was constantly looking for a way to take all of these syllables, these very syllabically rich, um, conversational, you know, I mean, you know, informal type of, Lyrics that he writes, and grab one that I could, that I could mold vocally into a a sort of more metered rhythm and sort of, right. sort of more of a jazz rhythm, or perhaps you would call it a pop rhythm, but but um, you know something that is recognizable outside of the lyric, and um, and yet you know fits the story. Um, and and does justice or honors the song um, but that's the one that I you know I've tried I tried a few others and and uh, you know some of them are I mean he's he you know the songs are so there 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 are other songs that I could have chosen I mean one of the Good. ones I really wanted to do at the time was um uh, mama you've been on my mind that was that was very because again with this poetic, you know, he he. There's a lot of tactile consonants and and music in the, the words themselves. Yep. Yep. Um. um but. But uh, it was really, frankly, it was really the. Um, Ahmad Jamal. Uh. uh rhythm that came from his music that created this, that recording that we did, uh-huh. you know, the points, it was the Poinciana, was the song. that it, dun, 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 dun. You know, and um, that really was what influenced uh, the the fact that we ended up doing that. I it was a song I was learning of Dylan's at the time. That's kind of what happened.
0: Cool one. Sorry. Uh, so it's, I think it's interesting because obviously as a vocalist, you and you're thinking about what song you want to cover you're thinking in terms of syllables and consonants and and how they i'm sure almost how it feels in your mouth to sing it is that fair enough and because nobody mean, a listener doesn't think about those things
1: it's yeah and again like that's a really intuitive thing because everybody's voice is different and, and sure. all all the things that go into making you know, making a, a singing the, into making a vocal sound are are related to the the way your body is is has was built. I mean, it's right. just that's just how how you're gonna sound, and um, there are so many things that. I think, especially when I made that record, I was realizing I can't do that, and I can't do that, and I can't do that, and I can't do that. <laughs> okay, I'm not doing that, okay. <laughs> um, you know, I think in my, when I first started singing in my teen years, the idea was, I'm gonna try to do that, and I'm gonna try to do that, right. and I'm gonna try to do that. And then when I was in my 20s, I was like, what am I doing? And then when I was in basically I would think I was thirty when I made that record. And and that's when I got to the point where I thought, no, I can't do that. And I can't do that. <laughs> and um, now I'm pushing fifty and I'm pretty much I feel like everything's okay.
0: Well, you know, fifty is a new thirty. In terms 30 of anyway. knowing
1: what I <laughs> <laughs> It's just in 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 terms of what you know and you don't know. Right. <laughs> I think you get to the point when you're 50. At least that's what George Carlin said.
0: That's good enough for me. <laughs>
1: he, he said, when you're 20, you think you know and you don't know. When you're 30, you uh, know, but you don't know you know. No, wait. When you're 30, you still don't know anything, but you know you don't know anything. When you're 40, you know something, but you don't know you know something. And when you're 50, you know and you know you know, and then you have some fun that's all i remember i i love that one did i cool mess it up here?
0: no i think you got. It that makes perfect sense <laughs> so that that's interesting because um obviously uh you're talking about the way you sing and the way uh, and is everybody's built differently so that's going to affect the way they sound and whatever but also everybody changes over time as well from you're not the same person physically or uh, no one's the same person physically when they were 20 as when they're 50 so do you have to make and adjustments and the human voice
1: especially you know i, I don't know about male singers but right. women, female singers are notoriously you know um uh, more vocally mature in their late 30s and 40s There are like operatic roles that are written right you know and and i felt it because yeah. i was i had the good fortune of singing in my teens and my 20s and my 30s and my 40s and and I I could I could feel it, and I can see why singers did certain things that they did in the time in certain points points in their career, right? Because their body was moving into a certain phase, like when Frank Sinatra I think all of a sudden spent a ton of money just recording himself and videotaping himself for an intense few years in between when he wasn't with a label or he wasn't with. Uh, it was after *Capital* and before. Um, it was right around the time that he was forty. He was in his forties, right. and and there is this sort of um, urgency that I think he may have been feeling because you know he had gone. He went. I feel like he went through periods. You know, and right. a lot of great singers. You can hear that. That's what I was talking about with contrast. You know, right. before that. It might have been interesting to to see what I look sound like twenty years later, um, but too much contrast for um, certain marketing yep. machines is 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 hard to 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 manage. So for them, the contrast was the recording, and then the live version a year later, and they were like, "That's all the contrast we need." Gotcha. But um, I can stop rambling
0: now. No, 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 no. I'll ask a question though. So, um, <laughs> with, did you
1: ask a question yet? I
0: can't even remember.
1: <laughs> can't get a word in. <laughs>
0: That's all right. I'm used to it. <laughs> so with Careless Love, the original recording, uh, it was produced, you had Larry Klein and you had an amazing band, uh, Dean Parks and Larry Goldings and all those folks and Jay Belarose. What if, how would it be different if you were, were to make the same record now? You, would you want to use those same musicians? Would you approach the songs the same way, or would you even want to make this record again, or a different record, similar record?
1: That's a really tricky one. I guess it's a good, a good jumping-off point. But what a weird question to me. It is strange. I th- it's part you know, of me. I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Pardon the pun. What?
0: Oh. No, no. no oh, oh did off. I miss
1: a pun? Come on. I don't on. think so. I, um. <laughs> larry klein really and i i i don't know this for a fact but i kind of know that it's i kind of believe that he would he would make the same record with sure
0: i believe that
1: he is um that record was really a, a a product of our um symbiosis you know he said to me over the phone i mean i may be repeating myself again um but he had a clear idea of the record before we ever met and we spoke over the telephone the first time we spoke I said what do you think we should do together he lived in LA and I was in New York we didn't have money to start meeting in person so I was literally gonna just vet a few producers over the phone i said i need you to tell me over the phone i kind of challenged him he said i want to make a record that sounds like a dream of a record
0: Uh ah oh that's a nice thought
1: (laughs) well and i thought hmm is this just buttering me up or does he really mean something does this mean anything and I said, what do you mean? And he tried to explain it. And he mentioned a few very clear, like, um, you know, bullet points, like um, impressionism, uh, minimalism, Miles Davis meets Debussy, meet, and I'm like, well, what? And mm-hmm. meets me, obviously put me into that mix. But this, right. is, this is a soundscape. And he was creating a soundscape. I think we un- we both understood that he was going to sort of put me on I- into whatever this, this soundscape was going to be. I think. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, what's different is I'm not... Um, I'm interested in trying to be the soundscape <laughs> a little bit more. And I don't mean that I'm you know, arranging and, and, and composing every, every piece of it, but, but I'm trying to be, I'm trying to inject more of myself into the, the soundscape, if I can, if I can find a way to still be contemporary, like I said at the beginning of this call, you know, of, of seeking out the, the classic structures of music, things that really last, you know, that, that really mean something, melody, Strong yep. melody, you know, um, a storyline, a backstory, something that that is the the point of all of this. And in terms of the story of m- melodically and harmonically and how that how that can tell a story with a beginning and a middle and an end. And. Um, uh, what was I saying? <laughs> and then, <laughs> uh, you know uh seek out those classic elements that 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 i have or can get somebody else to to help me put together and then but at the same time be awake to what's happening here and now right if i can find a way to do that in any way shape or form and i think that was the goal with Larry Klein, both of I, both both of us, both of I. Wow, God, <laughs> I and I, Freddie and Slip, <laughs> I
0: and I. It's not, it's ego much, it. yeah.
1: But but I think that that Larry and I were both um, seeking that marriage of, right. of awareness. I know that from getting to know him over the years. That he's, yeah. you know, very special that way, and I. Um, want to keep looking for that and oh. of course as you say we're gonna we're gonna be changing we're all changing and so I'm still looking for the best and the best thing that I have to offer now is the focus that I have on on that approach to storytelling mm-hmm. but with more a little bit more living all right you know, oh, so
0: <laughs> so your most recent album is anthem from like three or four years back right
1: yes. 2018,
0: uh, and of course we've all got, Everybody's gone through all the stuff since then. So have you got something that you're thinking of putting together
1: uh, post COVID,
0: post pandemic, post everything?
1: Yes, and um, and you know I'm I'm characteristically slow on <laughs> the draw, but I've been um, writing uh, songs studiously. They're a bit. Um, uh, more serious, some of them are more autobiographical mm-hmm. um, so I hope to be actually recording in the next couple months before I come to New Zealand. Okay,
0: very cool. Yeah. And would you be, are you reluctant to pre- to perform them live before they're released?
1: I've been performing some of them every oh, night, yes. Um, not all of them, but sure. uh, uh, yeah they've I've, I've had they've they've they're they're a bit serious but i've had really good reactions yeah oh
0: good and do you think about that about the reaction that you're going to get when you're writing the songs you're thinking oh no this is too heavy i i won't be able to perform it it'll freak people out
1: no not enough i should be thinking about that more <laughs> I, as I realize when i'm standing there on stage and they're counting it off i'm going oh no i have to do this <laughs> Because um, it, it yeah, humor is is essential to uh, survival. And, you know, we all know I, that's what I've gravitated towards in the last couple of years. Besides the painful experience of just waking up to to sad facts or difficult mm. facts, yep. I've also needed humor and I've always needed humor. And when I'm on stage now, I often think. Well, I say, to, I tell the audience quite frankly, I really wish I had been a stand-up comedian. I would have done a great job at bombing every night. Right. Good at it. I don't. I may not have lived this long though. Right. Probably. I probably would have gone out um, more elegantly.
0: But. <laughs> yeah. Well, it didn't work very well for Lenny Bruce. George Carlin's not around anymore either, is he?
1: Nope. <laughs> I mean, I I don't think there that you can spin that, that what they did, Richard Pry. You name it. anybody yeah. that's alive today, they're they're carrying a lot of weight if they're right. out there. If yep. they're out there dealing with it,
0: uh, dealing with uh, the world. Robin Williams comes to mind because. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Probably not a wise career choice for you. I think he did well with the singing instead.
1: I took care of myself, yeah. yeah. I'm going to try to take care of others for a little while while I still can. We 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 really have been having great shows this year. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I think part of that is because how can you have a bad show in 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 the world of today? If people are right. out there, they want this yep. so yep. bad.
0: And I see you're playing in Auckland here at the Holy Trinity Cathedral. So Really? Yes. So it's quite the place. So how much, does, what does that have to do with you when you see the environment that you're singing in, whether it's beautiful or a dump, uh, you know, how does that affect you?
1: Um, I, I mean, first of all, the way I feel is is related to the way it makes anybody feel. If If human beings are being treated well in a space, I'm gonna feel that I'm well treated and and if if i or anybody else is not being well treated or treated with, you know, decency and, and civility and um you know, and regard um then uh i'm 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 going to be very <laughs> perturbed by that and i'm yep, going to yep, have yep. to see if i can uh you know, face that. So um a church well the first thought i have is what are the acoustics like the thing about churches is some of them have the best acoustics but you're never allowed to make a sound in there unless you're part of the organization right that you know that owns it so it's a great opportunity to be to be able to sneak some secular music in sure. there yeah for yeah. me it's it's very exciting on the other hand there are some churches where you wouldn't want to have to put an amplifier and then
0: right so uh, yeah it should be very special being at the cathedral so we'll see how it goes sonically
1: yeah no i mean i uh, look yes i want if it if it's a beautiful space and they and people want to be there then it's going to be all the more beautiful for me yay
0: That's. I think that will be the. Sorry if
1: I took too long to get there.
0: You no no we've got all the time in the world doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. I see your cat's walking around behind. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was just. They're
1: they're like, what are you doing?
0: (laughs) Why are you talking to that computer?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I you know I do attribute a lot to them, but I do, I do realize sometimes they're just cats. They just trying just like us, you know, we. There's a limit to what sure. we can understand.
0: Absolutely. Excellent. So, thank you for spending all this time talking to me. I can't wait to see you again. I've seen you a few times uh, here in New Zealand.
1: Oh, I'm super honored. I hope I've given you something to absolutely listen to in your mind. Okay. I
0: look forward to. Yes.
1: Thank you. Have a great yeah. day. Bye. You too. You. Bye bye.